Get ready, people, for the show that's all about crypto with blockchain expert, entrepreneur, and day trader, also founder and CEO of Digital Currency LLC, your host of Cryptocurrency Now, Jeffrey Bitten, a.k.a. Coin Gorilla, with co-host, radio veteran, D. Elvis, the voice chameleon. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrency Now. I'm D, and I have Jeff with me as always, our coin gorilla. And today's date of recording is the 1st of June, 2018. Wow, we're almost halfway through the year, Jeff. How about that? I know this year has been blowing by real fast, man. And you know how it is. Uh, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Like, it's crazy how, and think about, you know, what we do on this show and how much has changed just in 2018, you know, going back to December when there was quite a boom and all that, you know, that was six months ago. And that's what's beautiful, I think, about the whole crypto world and blockchain is even though things have been going for a couple of years now, I think we've only begun to scratch the surface of what this technology can do uh, and the amazing things behind it. And I'm excited to see what the future holds. Me too, man. And I'm so happy that, you know, it started as a concept and it was kind of like in the shadows for years and people didn't really, you know, take heed to it or expect it to do what it's doing. But I'm just amazed at how last year and this year, it's just blockchain in general and Bitcoin of just everyone pretty much now knows what Bitcoin is. And that's amazing. Yeah, because even OK, if you go to a year ago today, right, say June 1st, 2017, I was aware of cryptocurrency and especially bitcoin but i didn't have the slightest clue as to what i honestly thought it was like a like a physical currency at that time right <laughs> right no no i hear you a, a lot of people you know it's a little difficult for a lot of people to wrap their heads around it and you know there's many ways of looking at it and some people look at it as like an investment or some people jump on the the Bitcoin bandwagon because, oh, I hear everyone's making money. Right. But yeah, man, it, this is life changing, game changing technology and it's here to stay. And I'm excited. I think. Yeah, I think it's really like we've lived. You and I both uh, not quite 40 yet. And we, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've lived through some amazing revolutions in technology in our lifetime in our very, you know, relatively short lifetime. We've seen so many advancements, and it's like, wow. Do you um, remember pagers? <laughs> dude, uh, my mom smashed. Okay, so this is when I lived in the D.C. area, right? And my mom my mom was very cool about a lot of things. She, you know, basically raised my brother and I by herself because my dad was a piece of crap and worked her tail off. But she had a couple little things that she was just, like, really old school about. And so in her head, it was like what a lot of folks felt like. Pagers were for doctors and drug dealers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, literally, bro. It was like uh, New Jack City. Yeah, like, exactly. Literally, dude. And I was I like, I ain't Nino Brown. Okay, mom, I'm yeah. not. <laughs> I'm not even G-Money. <laughs> exactly, bro. No, I, I'm the same way, man. And it, it was funny, dude. I remember, like, there was kids even in school, like, 13, 14 years old that didn't have the money for a pager. So they'd go, like, just buy the case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? A little plastic case just to like walk around and have that clip in their pocket. Yep. It's and they and had then this it went neon, to like two-way like, texting. Remember that? Oh god, like yeah, everybody. Sidekick T Mobile was like on that. top of that, man. T Mobile was like yeah. a hot carrier because they're the ones that have the sidekick. Wow. Dude, the sidekick, I used to use that, bro. And and I think that kind of you know made people more like, wow, let's texting text is an, a, a viable yeah. option. Yeah, yeah. I remember so when I you think, had to pay a quarter per text, and I used to get furious with my friends and like my probably early 20s, the first time, yeah, I was probably like 23, 24, so we're talking 2005 or six, uh, around that time, where I had a couple friends that got really into texting, and they would send me texts, and I'm like, dude, you're costing me a quarter every time, what's wrong with you? Yeah. They're like, oh, well, you dude, need to get an unlimited was... texting plan, and I looked at those unlimited texting plans, and I was like, no way, man, I can't afford that. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, no, it's just amazing. And like, as you know, when whenever a technology comes out, it tends to be at a high cost because yeah. like when these companies go ahead and develop these te new technologies, the investment, time, money, and development that they put into it, 
they have to recoup that initial. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, so that's why when like, you know, the VCR or the like, you know, the first DVD player came out or remember Laserdisc, there was like 400 bucks for a Laserdisc system. And it's just like, you know, it never took off. Right. But like, it's amazing now that you can literally buy a phone for like 20, 30 bucks, bro. And like, now we could like have unlimited plans for like 40, $50 where like back in the days, it was like an ungodly amount just to talk to each other. And, you know, like, the world is getting streamlined and companies adapt and I believe people adapt to. And it's just something in our nature as humans. You know, we, we, we work on things, we build on things, we make them better and we adapt, we adapt. And the and people that don't adapt get left behind. The, exactly. Get left behind. I mean, I think about my first cell phone. I actually was kind of late to the party with actually getting a cell phone. Cause I felt you like didn't I, I, didn't, I, I, I still was rocking the pager dude. But then I realized I'm like, I'm the dick who were at the bar and everything when I'm in college and I get a page and then I'm like, oh, I could go to the pay phone or I could just bug one of my friends and be like, Hey man, let me borrow your phone. <laughs> so I get borrowing my friend's cell phones to make calls. And finally, like my dear friends, you know, and uh, our little crew, we, we always had a thing where we were like, we'd call each other out on our bullshit. So uh, that was kind of what <laughs> kept the, the glue that kept the crew together. So a couple of my boys were like, listen, man, we've been talking and this is bullshit. Either get a freaking cell phone or stop using our phones to return calls that from your pager. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I, I hear you, man. It's fucking yeah, dude. It's great, man. I'm just I'm real excited, man, and, and I'm just real excited to see the world change. You know, like it's it's just amazing. My first cell phone was so so long ago. MCI was still a thing. Oh my god, Remember MCI. MCI. Yeah, Whatever they were my carrier that company. Probably got railroaded because of the way they uh, okay so i'm an idiot right i got like a 200 minute plan initially and the battery yeah. the battery on my cell phone was like thicker and heavier than my actual smartphone is now just the battery on that thing like <laughs> right, you know, I, right i was walking around like zach morris from saved by the bell like was, <laughs> so i you know i was like oh 200 minutes is plenty because i'm like i'm only going to use this occasionally and make like two minute phone calls right bullshit I was sitting there like between classes, like, hey, I'm going to call somebody. And I became that asshole. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and then I got that first bill for like $400 because I went way over my minutes and just became, I got, yeah, my first real debt, I think, was to MCI. It was like the first time I was in real debt. Like I was pretty good with my credit cards at that point. Then a couple of years later, I was bad with them. But yeah, I think the first company I ever owed like, a decent amount of money too that I fell behind on was uh, MCI, but I'm still here and they're not. So suck it, MCI. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man. And and I don't know like where MCI went, but I think you know. I remember MCI was the big payphone company. Like every payphone was MCI. You know what I mean? And I, think I don't know Verizon, if that had something to do with it. They were. I think they were absorbed by Verizon, actually. Okay. And but uh, yeah, man. a lot of those companies. Yeah. What was the other one? Not T-Mobile. There's somebody before that. There are a few of those companies that were pretty big, and then they just kind of got merged in with the other ones. I was actually surprised that T-Mobile is actually one of the bigger carriers now. I thought that was a company that was going to go under a long time ago. And maybe the sidekick is what, you know, sometimes all you need is one great idea as a company, and that can carry you. So maybe that's what it was, yeah. T-Mobile with the sidekick, and that spawned the texting revolution. So so I got to tell you something, and, and well, I'll keep this quick, and then we'll move on, but... <laughs> Dude, the BlackBerry, bro. So oh, yeah. I actually walked into a store yesterday and I saw Blackberries like trying to come back in the market. And like it just shocked me. It was like I was like, what? Blackberry? Like, like I can't even believe they're still holding on, dude. Like, I don't even know what's going on with that company. Like, I don't even yeah, know how they're I, still in business. Dude. It's probably <laughs> like, like the generation before us. Like, I know my mom when she was with the IMF forever and uh, before she retired. That was like standard issue for a lot of businesses. They got Blackberries. Right. So I think it might be almost like a thing for some of the folks who are now like in their maybe their 60s that were comfortable with the Blackberry and maybe they're trying to market it that way. Like, hey, remember this guy? You love this guy. <laughs> He's like an old friend. Come hug him, you know. <laughs> and why not? That's, you know, that's smart marketing there. The Blackberry is probably the... I mean, that was the predecessor to smartphones, really, because that was the first one with, like, a true keyboard and all that. And, you know, you could actually properly do emails and stuff with a BlackBerry. Yeah. And, and you know, at the time, it was revolutionary. And yep. like you said, it was, like, kind of standard issue in business and everything. And But 
the way that that came out, okay, it let other companies know, like the Samsungs, the LGs, and all that. Hey, texting is a big thing. Connectivity, yeah. emails, blah blah blah. So they built on that. BlackBerry was just like like the first that that basically made it streamlined and, and made it kind of out there. And all these other companies built off of that and just expanded and expanded. And BlackBerry just kind of stayed in that same mode and didn't really change too much. And it's weird. It's it's like it's not always who has the idea. It's who executes it correctly or exactly. builds on it. Exactly. Yeah. And that, have... that goes back to uh, like ACDC. You know what I mean? Electricity back right. in the days. Like, like we're Not talking the Australian about... rock band, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is badass, by the way. But um, yeah, it was that whole thing with, you know, direct current and alternating current. And, you know, it was like, yeah, the person with the money, what happened was he went ahead and patented first before Tesla could. You know what I mean? And it was like. Was that Edison? Edison. Thomas yeah, Edison. Yeah. There you go. So he went ahead and patented. He was a business guy. But dude, I like back in the days, he, he was so against like AC, alternating current. Like he, he would go ahead and literally like hook up an elephant to like lines and then like electrocute the elephant in public in New York City and yeah. say, look, alternating current. <laughs> you know what I mean? What can kill yeah, you? One of them died, like, actually. That was like the big yeah. controversy. Like imagine if that happened now. Like that would oh, be the God. biggest story on Twitter or whatever. Like. Peta. Yeah. Like, like if Elon Musk did some experiment in public and like killed a rhinoceros or something, like you'd never hear the end of it. Dude, so so that actually happened. Like, I don't know if it was a rhino, but the the head of GoDaddy years back, dude, posted a picture of him. Oh. Like, do you remember that yes. little debacle? And and it almost like he he got a lot of bad flack for that actually. But you know he well, got he had out Danica of that. Patrick on his side, so it's all good. You know. Dude, Danica Patrick is badass, by the way, dude. I was, I saw her like years ago at the uh, Sonoma Raceway in California. It was like one of her first races, dude. And I just was like, you know, like back, it's like she was like the woman, yeah, she was race car driver, kind of she the was face it, of the, of a sport, essentially. Yeah, yeah, but she's little it's, though, man. Like I never realized, like when I saw her in person, I was like, wow, she's like a tiny. Like, I don't know. I guess sometimes you see people on TV and everything. They always come off like uh, like bigger. She's like a really petite, very attractive young lady. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. Shawing. But it's working. Again, marketing does brilliant things. Like, I was surprised that GoDaddy still a thing because I'm like, dude, I learned how to build my own website uh, through another company for far less. And I, you know what I mean? Like, they, I was shocked that these web hosting companies were still that viable but yeah. i would imagine it is because they picked the right star to market their product exactly and and you know like let's just go back to marketing like we we always kind of like revert to marketing if you were just like for instance GoDaddy come out if you were just to go think what is GoDaddy, you wouldn't associate that with web hosting no you know what i mean so like GoDaddy, you know, it could have been anything. The way, like you said, the way they branded, marketed, and now everybody knows it's GoDaddy synonymous with web hosting, with websites, with domain names. So it's like brilliant marketing, I have to say. And, you know, it's a very viable company. And dude, GoDaddy's honestly a great company. Like for, for me, they have so many different options and things. And I've used them over the years and I steadily register domain names. So yeah, dude. Yeah, that's, that's it's, cool. It's like. I mean, I just remember remember the thing they used to do where, like, they'd have the commercial and it'd be some kind of, like, sexy scenario. And then they're like, to see the unedited version, log on, to, you know. <laughs> and let's yeah. say, like, there's probably 30 million dudes in the U.S. alone that were like, yeah, I'm going to get on my laptop and check that out. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, exactly right? Because it drove dude. people to their website, which if you're a web hosting company, what? What do you want most people to go to your website? And that's exactly what it did. And I was like, that's effing brilliant. And there's so many companies now that do that in their advertising where they'll be like, you know, for the full clip or blah, blah, blah. Like they tease you where you kind of get emotionally invested or in whatever they're uh, showing. But to get the full story, you got to go to the website. And that's again, I feel like GoDaddy. I'm not sure if they were the first, but they're the first. I remember that used that kind of marketing to drive uh, business to their sites and again exactly. brilliant and that's probably why they're still kicking ass yeah dude and and you know big shout out to GoDaddy. i mean i mean we could all learn from them you know like they made something from nothing 
also Amazon. I think yeah. jungle. I think like, you know, Brazil. You know, when I hear Amazon, they started with books and now it's just that the behemoth of a company that it is. And again, branding, marketing. Yeah, because I forget what their garage. I forget what their original name was, but it wasn't Amazon. And it was just something like really basic. And I guess Bezos decided like this will kind of draw more intrigue by having this, you know, kind of exotic name. And sure enough, here they are, like one of the biggest companies in the world. Yeah, yeah you're right. It's started from a garage. Like, that's crazy. I've seen pictures of his old office and yeah. I'm like, wow, this guy. Hey, and it's funny, too. Like, he looked all nerdy and like stuff back in the days. Now, when you see him, he's all like buffed up and, you know, he looks yeah. all like super like different and just like it's amazing man it's amazing how things change but yeah yeah for all the girls out there be nice to the nerdy <laughs> guy the nerdy guy is going to be the billionaire the... <laughs> yes. lately. yeah dude hey revenge of the nerds bro yeah. tell you that. <laughs> that i mean i think this this era is truly that, that's what this era should be called this modern era we live in it should be called revenge of the nerds because it, guys like yeah like bezos like you know, Zuckerberg himself was a pretty nerdy guy before he made his Facebook billions. And, uh, of course, Bill Gates and a lot of these other guys, Paul Allen, these are the guys that were sitting at their computers when other dudes were out partying or whatever in high school. And now they get to live the good life. Exactly. And, you know, but you know what, man? And and th- we'll move to CoinWatch after this. But, uh, I mean, or crypto basics, yeah, crypto basics. but. It's good to see that because, you know, like somebody that's doing something positive and out of their mind, and it's good to see that they're getting that respect now where back in the days, like people that were smart didn't get respect, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's great to see that in this culture of like, you know, jewelry, rap videos and things like that, where everyone's just like throwing money in the air, you know? Yeah, that's all cool. But it's also great to see people getting recognized for actually doing things that change the world and are advancing, you know, our lifestyles and in a good way. So I'm all for it, man. And and I love it. Yeah. Like when I was growing up, I mean, I was a smart kid and I was in like the gifted and talented programs when I was in grade school, junior high, I was straight honors all the time. And then I got wow. to high school and then I was more concerned with my rep than, you know, my future. And my yeah. freshman year, I was just ditching class and hanging out with, you know, some of my older brother's friends and stuff. And I was all about the, I was a, like a, a total metalhead kid. You know, I had long hair and denim jacket with all the patches and t-shirts <laughs> and ripped jeans and all that. So uh, I was very much more at that point, like uh, I was into sports and everything, like I wrestled and all that, but I wasn't a jock. I was like one of like the... I guess you would call me like the one of the bad kids or whatever, like if you're using like the high school stereotypes or whatever. And then it, it was just after about a year of screwing around and being an idiot, I was like, what am I doing? This isn't cool. <laughs> and I'm glad I snapped out of it. Like I only wasted like a year of my, you know, but maybe a year and a half, like being an idiot because I was like, no, being smart is a good thing and doing well yeah. in school is a good thing. That's what's going to pay off one day. So, but I had a lot of friends that I knew that were smart. And they didn't want anybody to know it because Dumb themselves down. Yeah. yeah. They don't want that stigma, man. But nowadays smart is what's cool. Like I, I, you know, talking to even like my, my son, when he was still in high school, he graduated two years ago, but you know, when he, I talked to him about just kind of the culture of what's going on now with kids in, in high school and everything. And he was like, no, like he's like the, the cool kids are the smart kids. Like that's the, and I was like, wow, that dynamics really changed since I was a kid. <laughs> and, but yeah. that's awesome. Like, I was like, that's it good. Awesome. We should be rewarding people with that are working hard and, you know, cause sometimes it's not, you don't necessarily have to have the highest IQ, but right. try and learn, you know, it, sh- we should be encouraging, exactly. especially in this age of information we live in. And we talked about it on a previous episode where there's a lot of misinformation out there, but exactly we, do have an opportunity if we are savvy about how we do things where we can learn anything and that should be encouraged because that's how we advance as a society. And that's, you know, that's why we have a world now where crypto is becoming the norm. Yeah. And on that note, let's give people a little knowledge on, uh, on some mining here. Let's talk about maybe some crypto mining and get people informed. Sounds good. All right. Crypto Basics, breaking down the basics of crypto. We're back now on Cryptocurrency Now, and uh, after our 
that was quite a not a monologue that was a dialogue <laughs> but uh that was cool that was fun yeah. so but we are here to talk about cryptocurrency and we're gonna have jeff explain uh just kind of in layman's terms what mining is because we've had a few of our listeners say you know that's one of the things they're not quite sure about what exactly is a crypto mine because it is not a physical mine correct <laughs> no but but there are similarities and think of it as like you know when you mine minerals like let's say gold silver or whatever back in the days like you know you can pull gold out of the uh out of streams right and now you got to dig deep into like caverns and in the ground and, and take out the gold and it's a process and it's costly and things like that so crypto is kind of the same thing now to me it's it's really interesting like back in the days five years ago six years ago you could literally just pull open your laptop download some software and mine like one or two bitcoins in a day or two imagine that okay now as time has passed on and it's harder and harder to go ahead and and get a bitcoin it takes these like big mining rigs days and days and days and like some people weeks depending on what, what they do to, to pull a bitcoin or a piece of a bitcoin so as time goes on it gets harder to go ahead and these algorithms and complicated math problems so all right i don't want to go too deep into it but mining is basically a process of adding transaction records to the public ledger okay so mining basically it's like a metaphor it's a metaphor for a computer system that performs like uh, the computations for the ledger. So example, like right now, I send you a part of a Bitcoin, right? Right. It needs to be verified by proof of work, proof of stake, whatever coin you're using. It needs to be verified independently by different computers. So these people go ahead and buy like these mining rigs. Now, mining back in the days was really cheap, really easy to get into, and you can actually – it wasn't profitable then, but if you held on to your Bitcoins, you'd be a millionaire now, right? So yeah. the thing with mining is, is like for the average basic person to get into mining, you know, you have to invest a lot of money in these GPUs and in, in these basically these mining systems. You know what I mean? That just const and on top of that, electricity is a big factor, you know? So just like any business, any business plan, if you want to get into mining, I would go ahead and research what coin because there's a lot of and, and we talked about this previously how there's pre-mined coins and then there's mineable coins right yeah so like an erc20 token is is not a mined coin like so whenever you see an erc20 token these are pre-mined there is no kind of process where people do that what happens is it's already pre-mined and it's there it's circulating now with bitcoins and ethereum and other coins like that the more people mine the more transactions go up the more coins get put into circulation but like for bitcoin it's a breakdown of every four years a certain amount of bitcoins will be created the last bitcoin will be put into circulation sometime in like 2022 2024 or something like that so in the beginning it was really easy to mine a bitcoin and like it just started putting it in circulation as time progressed and as, as people started using Bitcoin more and more, it got more difficult to do it. So is this because like any, there's now more blocks on the chain, therefore more computations have to be done to verify each thing? Is that how like why it, it gets harder as time goes on? That's one reason. But it was also uh, designed that way. So it was designed to be where it would be harder and harder to go ahead and mine. But that alone increases value like right, so i yeah. don't know if it was designed like that like from the gate but supply the and demand theory, that's the basic principle behind all successful business exactly and, and like any business if you're going to go ahead and mine i would go ahead and look like okay bitcoin ethereum whatever do your research find out how much like a gpu system would be to to you know like an antimimer or whatever you know what i mean and go ahead find out what your cost would be Go ahead, do some research on how long would it take me to actually mine X amount of coins right. and do the math, see if it's worth it. A lot of people, they go ahead and they join mining pools, which is you know basically a collective of different miners and they pool their, their computing hash power together to go ahead and, and do mining, ah, right? Okay. So that's another thing. You have CPU mining, which is basically like back in the days, you can go on your computer 
and mine bitcoins. Now GPUs is it's like something on a next level. It's it's so much more faster and efficient than CPU mining, and it's basically a dedicated, you know, system that just does mining. So mine okay. it, it basically, and then you have FPGA mining. Okay, that's it's a very efficient and fast way to mine. It's comparable to GPU, but it also uses less power with very high hash ratings. But I mean, it's costly, you know what I mean? And it's just like right now, cloud mining seems to be the new thing where people are just, you know, mining, mining contracts and services on the Internet. Yeah, I would think because with the storage capacities and the cost effectiveness of just cloud computing in general. I would think that cloud mining would be a big thing if it wasn't already. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's like, okay, so real interesting. It's how do I say this? It's it's like electricity, right? That yeah. that puts a strain on our on like our system. Like when when you burn electricity, you know, some something's getting burned, some coal out there, some kind of fuel, you know what I mean? It's it's all kind of linked. So mining is a good thing. You know, it, it keeps everything kind of legit and it gives people a, a way of attaining coins if, if they can't do it. But like anything, you have to know your part. It's it's really and that's where I've seen, you know, because obviously anything, any technology, any revolution in whatever, there's always going to be the critics. And that's the thing I see being mentioned often from critics of blockchain and crypto and everything is, you know, the carbon footprint, if you will. But the way I look at it, right, and I think a lot of companies are looking at it this way too, is, okay, this gives us all the more reason to start looking into alternative energy sources. And I know living down here in Florida, it, there was a big battle for years politically about letting the solar farms be created and what better place in florida for that because this literally is the sunshine state except for sunshine yeah (laughs) except for last week when we had like a week straight of rain but honestly like for the most part out of the daylight hours when it does normally when it rains here it's very short-lived like it'll rain for maybe 20 minutes and then it's over so and the rain's usually very sporadic so finally the politicians in tallahassee got their heads out of their asses and said okay we need to allow solar to become a regular part of the economy here and the way business gets done so the cool thing is though they allowed the current utilities because understandably so in business the utility companies here were terrified because it's like okay if solar moves in we could quickly be out of business right which has happened in other states so what they did was they allowed and they offered some breaks to these you know the current utility companies like hey if you switch x amount of your business over to solar then we will cut you some tax breaks and things like that, which now they have nice. done. So the plan is here probably by 2025, like basically every house will have solar because they made it. I remember when solar first started, that was part of the problem. And again, I mentioned his name earlier, Elon Musk, freaking yeah. genius. I love that dude. And one of the big things is one of his companies was Solar City. Yeah, and, is, is that him? Yeah, that was his. He started that in one of the many companies where he built it up and then he just sold it off so that he could move on to his next revolutionary technology thing. And wow. uh, Solar City is a big part of what's uh, what's funded SpaceX. But remember, initially when Solar came out, people didn't want to do it because it was too expensive to install. Right. Solar right. City, I believe, was the first company that was like, "Look, we're not. It's not going to cost you a thing." And people were like, "What?" Yep. I actually almost went to work for them because I was so amazed by what the, how their system worked. Where literally it was there was no cost to the consumer. So if you wanted to switch over to solar, Solar City paid for the panels, paid for they were even offering to fix your roof for you uh, if you had a problem <laughs> problems in your roof so that, you know, because they wanted to make sure that their panels were safe. So they're exactly. like, yeah, I, I believe it was up to like $10,000 of roof repair, which is amazing. Wow. So you could have gotten your roof fixed essentially for free. Uh, if you got solar put in and my mother had it done at her place and she lives in like a pretty nice area of uh, Montgomery County in Maryland in Rockville and her costs went down by like 60% each month on her electric. Wow. And so I was like, cool, they're paying for it and you're saving money. So who wouldn't want to do that? Right. And right. that's one of the things I've read about a few companies that are looking into just buying up solar farms to do the mining and that. 
So to all the naysayers out there that say crypto is causing a ecological problem, I say no, it's encouraging people to look at more efficient and safer ways of producing energy. It is. And, and I'll tell you, Blockchains Inc. is a huge company and they bought, you know, big part of the Tesla park out in Reno, but they're going to set up a huge mining center and operation there. So that's the thing that happened with mining. So back in the days, you can download a program, get some hardware, some software, and you can mine Bitcoin, right? Right. I got into the trading. So I, I like, I think I mined like seven Bitcoin total back in the days. You know what I mean? Right. And then I found, and then I got more into the, to the trading because now mining is more kind of like on a corporate level because now these, it's so hard to mine. A yeah. Bitcoin. You need to have the startup capital to make it work. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, so unless kind of like for me, and, and this is just my personal thought, you're either going to do mining, be a trader, be an investor, you know, it, it would be kind of hard to do part-time mining. You're either a miner or you're a trader or an investor. Like that's the way I look at it. There's there's kind of like those, you know, three di different departments that you can deal with because right now you can't just pop open a laptop and mine Bitcoins like it was back in the day. You literally have to dedicate yourself. You'd have to dedicate funds, time, and, you know, so I do some research. You know, mining is a great thing and it's a necessity. And I would go ahead and do some research and find out where you fit into this crypto ecosystem and what you want to do. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff, for, uh, again, that was something a lot of our listeners and followers have said they kind of were unsure about. So we wanted to cover that this week. And Sorry, then, and I dumbed it down a bit, but I just... No, I mean, <laughs> I mean if to, to explain it in full detail, we'd spend an hour and change just on that topic alone. So Yeah. So we will move on to CoinWatch. CoinWatch, baby. CoinWatch, giving you the lowdown on the hottest performing coins. It's time for CoinWatch on Cryptocurrency Now with Jeff N.D. And this is where Jeff's going to break down some of the hot coins from the week. Again, today's episode is being recorded on June 1st, 2018. What's hot this week, Jeff, and what's not? Great. Yeah, so we got a little better. You know what I mean? There's, It's not that full sea of red that we were seeing these, these previous weeks, but it's getting better. Bitcoin still hasn't gone up. But there's a lot of altcoins making moves, and like always, it doesn't matter how the market's looking, you can always win or lose on a coin. There's always going to be one coin that can make it for you or break it. So we'll give you give you a rundown of a few coins. Now, let's go into coin number three, IOTA. Ticker is MIOTA, has a market cap of $5 billion, that's with a B, and it's currently number nine on uh, coinmarketcap.com. All right. It has a circulating supply of $2.8 billion. And a total supply of roughly the same. So if you went ahead and bought IOTA on May 25th, it was $1.51 per token. Today at time of recording, it's up to $1.88. Seven-day gain of 20%. Now, this is going to throw people off. A 30-day loss of 6.9%. Huh. But then in 60 days, you have a gain of 84%. So – Let's break that down for people that might not understand that. So we've talked about this before, day trading, long stretch trading, weekly trading. You have to select your coin. Go by the previous history of how it performs. Figure out, is this coin a long-term hold for me? Is this coin a, I'm going to be able to trade daily and make profits? What is this coin going to do for me? IOTA for me, okay, now people must know about IOTA. IOTA doesn't work on proof of stake or proof of work, okay? IOTA is a ledger for the internet of things, okay? It's like the first ledger that uses that does microtransactions without fees and a secure data transfer. Now, they don't use, like, like we said, proof of work, proof of stake. They use a quantum proof system, also known as TangleWeb, okay? So the quantum proof protocol, it's, it's a really great technology and I support IOTA. IOTA was all the way up to four bucks, D. Wow. Five, six months ago, dude. And, and it's just, you know, it's taken a hit like every other crypto. But for some reason, I really feel IOTA is one of those. The market cap is huge. So, I mean, it has the market cap and everything, but it's one of those underrated coins. But I think IOTA is just a long term hold. So I tell people with IOTA, I would say long term. I wouldn't try to day trade it. You know what I mean? I would go ahead and look at it as a long term. So, being that, that being said, 
Iota is a great coin. Number awesome. two. Okay, I'm probably butchering the name. It's called Huobi token. Now, the ticker is HT. Has a market cap of 232 million, roughly. It's number 64 on coinmarketcap.com. Circulating supply of 50 million and a total supply of 500 million. Now, if you were to go ahead and buy this coin May 25th, it would have cost you $3.80 per token. Today, at time of recording, it's at $4.75 per token. Seven-day gain of 18%, a 30-day gain of 77%. So that's a good winner right there too. You could have definitely made, made some money on that. It's kind of like a newer coin. It's number 64, the market cap. It doesn't really have a, you know, a huge following right now, but something to look at and definitely something that I, you know, I would take interest in and I've been looking at it as well. And coin number one is Theta token. The ticker is T-H-E-T-A, Theta. Has a coin market cap of 160 million. It's currently number 90 on coinmarketcap.com. Circulating supply of 638 million, but has a total supply of 1 billion with a B. Wow. Now, May 20, yeah. And we talked about that, you know, circulating supply and everything. All has something to do with factor with, with the coin's price. But May 25th, it was at 17 cents per token, roughly. June 1st, today, Recording, it's at 25 cents per token. A seven-day gain of 41%, a 30-day gain of 79%. Just today alone, it's up 12%. So, I mean, that's also another coin to look at. Yeah, I I mean, some winners out there, you know, and people need to understand. People, oh, yeah, Bitcoin's down, Ethereum's down, everyone's worried. Oh, no, the market. Back in the days, like a year or two years ago, I mean, there weren't that many altcoins. You know, yeah. today there are so many coins on the market. You have to understand that like, yeah. And sometimes the amount- it's the dark horse that ends up paying off the most dividends, you know? Yeah. And, and not only that. So like people are like, oh, Bitcoin's down. They have a bunch of theories. I do too. But it's like people need to understand on top of that. It's just like anything. People start off with Bitcoin. Then they go into Ethereum. Then they do Litecoin. And then once they're comfortable with that, generally they tend to go invest in altcoins with their gains, their, you know, their winnings, whatever they, they made off the Bitcoin and Ethereum. So that spread spreads out where the money is at. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like there is more money in the market today in the crypto market than there was a year ago. Uh, I think it's like almost 100 percent. You know what I mean? That's crazy. That's but, I mean, that's but, a lot like, yeah, I think people stop and think about that for a second. What yeah. other industry could that be possible? None. And this is just the starting. Okay? Yeah, this that's what we're scratching point. the surface. Yeah, and people are just like, oh, Bitcoin's down, Bitcoin's down. These are people that are trying to run the crypto bandwagon. But like people in the know, people, day traders, people in this industry, we all know that money's getting spread around. And yeah. that's, that's what's going on. that's a good on. thing. It is. And there's more people in crypto today than there was a year ago. It's not the market's tanking. It's the market is stabilizing and, and it's getting a footing and a hold and, and it's finding, you know, its resistance, its levels. And think about it. Back in the day, let's say a year ago, you have like, let's say, you know, 50, 60 good altcoins. Now there's like over like, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds. When that money gets spread around, of course, values of some coins are going to drop or increase, you know, like it's it's not all concentrated now in the top three, Ethereum, Litecoin and Bitcoin. It's now spread out in multiple other areas. So people need to realize that. And, and yeah, I think you that's can't something that... judge a market by just one player in the market, you know? No, that no, would be and, like, and... I don't know, saying like the NFL can't succeed if, you know, the Cleveland Browns continue to suck. Like, no, it just it's just one of those things you're going to have. The successful parts and the not so successful parts, but as a whole, they all make the market itself successful. Oh yeah, and people need to look at that as a whole. And there will always be a new coin. There's always going to be, you know, a coin that's just we call shit coins. You know what I mean? And just do your due diligence, do your research. And I would go ahead and just. If, if you're trying to get into this market and you're trying to go coin, don't don't listen to Coin Gorilla weekly and say, oh, I'm going I'm going to buy Theta yeah, coin or whatever. It's just these are just some recommendations. Right. That, you you're know, telling just, people what has been going on in the past week. That's all this is. And what you folks choose to do or don't do with the information is up to you. 
Yeah. Because there's a whole bunch of other stuff out there, and we can't cover it all. But I think no. Jeff does a fantastic job of giving you the information and what's based on what's happened in the past week, each and every week. And that's what we're here for. I hope that this information is kind of like the Kickstarter or the seed where people can be like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. Let me learn about this. Exactly. Let me do my research. Let me get into it. You know, and we're it's, giving it's just you the like headlines me. or sort of you have to read the rest of the story for yourself. Yeah. So, so like it's just like like here's a quick example and we'll move on. I go ahead. I watch a documentary, right? Yeah. Something kind of intrigues me. After the documentary, if something really intrigued me, I go ahead, I'll go on Google, I'll start researching the hey, topic, the analogy. product, whatever. You know what I mean? So that documentary put the seed in my head. Oh, wow, this is really cool. I'm interested in this. Let me research it. Let me check it out. Let me look further into it. And that's what I hope people do with this information. Amen. Amen, so brother. Take a quick break here and we'll come back uh, in about 30 with more cryptocurrency now. Sounds great. Here we go. You're listening to Cryptocurrency Now with the Coin Gorilla and the Voice Chameleon. Thanks again for checking out another episode. We really appreciate your feedback. We know a lot of you have questions that you'd like us to address directly. So, if you're on Twitter, you can find us at now underscore crypto. Or if you're one of our Instagram followers, you can reach us at crypto underscore currency underscore now. We'll try to respond to as many questions as we can on future episodes of this podcast. Let's dive right back into the show. It's Cryptocurrency Now. We're back on Cryptocurrency Now with Jeff and D, and we saw some cool stuff as we do every week. I'm sure if you guys out there, if you're reading your Google News or stuff comes up on your Twitter feed or whatever it is, there's a lot of stories out there around the crypto world and the blockchain world. And this is where Jeff and I like to pick a couple of those out and go into a little detail with you. To be or not to be. Covering the latest crypto news, regulations, and trends globally. So yeah, it, and we and we call it to be or not to be because we there's a lot of either negative news on crypto or good news. So we'll touch on you know a little of both every now and then. So we try you know, to keep it positive. And yeah. you know, like I touched on earlier, where the again there are certain criticisms of this stuff, but again, even uh, criticism is good. Because if people are critical of things, those who are involved in said thing will work on fixing that. And exactly. Because uh, nobody wants this to go away. You know what I mean? Like, no. we, we want, the, and, and it's not going to. It's not going away. It's, this is the here and now. And this, again, we've said it a few times today. We're just scratching the surface of what cryptocurrency and blockchain technology will do and how it will change the world forever and become you know, a couple of years from now, we're all going to be looking at this and everyone's just going to know it like the back of their hand eventually, just like we were all scared of the Internet at one point. And you know, right. So. Right. But there is something to be scared about if you are an investor, and that is protect your damn wallet. <laughs> yes, please. We've spoken on this many times. If you're getting into this, learn everything before you get into it find out what private keys are you know find out what a ledger nano is find out you know what metamask is i mean do your research find out things before you delve into it and on that note uh we'll go to what, what do you got for us bro all right i'm pulling it up right now and it's so basically i caught the story Probably, I want to say I first read about it on over the weekend, this past weekend. So I think it was Saturday or Sunday over the uh, holiday weekend. And I hope everybody had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Yes. But so this guy basically lost his thumb drive. He okay. had started investing in Bitcoin in the early days, and he accidentally threw away the wrong thumb drive. And it oh is estimated... God that his wallet was worth about $60 million. <laughs> so 
And now this was like, again, I first heard about this over the weekend and it's popped up on so many different news sources now. So I'm pulling it up now from one of the many sources. I'm going to the Merkle.com for this particular okay. version of the story. And so this poor bastard, I, I feel so bad for him, right? So this wasn't through a hack or anything. This was just him not protecting his actual wallet. So he had it on a thumb drive, like many people do, and he was cleaning some stuff out in his home office, and he had a thumb, wow. another thumb drive that he mixed up with this one. Oh, God. And so the estimation is that it's a roughly $60 million at the current prices. So, yeah, because... And, and I'm reading here a on wallet the same article. A wallet containing 7 point... What's that? 7,500 BTC units, so... Oh my god. You know, it held his keys and everything. So this guy and once like, it's gone, it's gone. Well he you know? he he made the effort though. He went to the freaking landfill <laughs> and he was talking to the folks there and they were like, ah, you can go ahead and dig through. So I mean and I mean you're literally talking about like a needle in a haystack. When you think about it, like a thumb yeah. drive, it's called a thumb drive because it's about the size of a human thumb, right? That's where the guy's yeah. name. So imagine being in a landfill full of garbage and Literally full of garbage. Like, that's what a landfill is. It's the dump, you know, the local dump where you people take, you know, whatever stuff, like when you're moving or whatever, and you're like, oh, we got to get rid of all this crap. And that's where, you know, obviously they're, they're separated. It's not like the garbage is everywhere, but there are certain things that are separated. So he went through where uh, they said, you know, if it was put away in recycling or whatever it was, this is the pile that it would likely be in. So they let him go through and rummage and all that stuff and... No, he never found it. But again, that's uh, roughly $60 million worth of... And James Howell is his name. And it's just an accident. You, you know, know, it's sad. I, careless I say, mistake. And you know, like, I'm, I'm actually... I pulled up the article as well. It's $60 million at current prices. Yeah. So, Back in December, when it when Bitcoin was 20000 I mean, this price literally... I mean, it's over $100 plus million that guy lost, literally. Jeez. You know what I mean? So it's like Imagine having like okay, just so let's put this in like kind of an analogy for people to grasp. Like you had a let's say you had a gift card for a hundred million dollars that was in your actual <laughs> physical leather wallet or whatever, right? You'd think you'd be very careful of what you did with that, right? Maybe you wouldn't Definitely. actually even carry around in your physical wallet. You would have put it somewhere safe. Like, perhaps a safe, you know, because I'm thinking about it, and if I had, you know, if I have my investments in my digital wallet and with my keys and everything, I would make sure to put that somewhere very secure. Definitely. It would probably be in my I, I home mean, office, you know, but I would make sure. I mean, this could have sure. happened. Yeah, literally, the, the, this, the same thing could have happened if this guy had a fire in his home. Yeah, You exactly. know what I mean? That's a very good point. Yeah, so like I, I mean, on that note, it's like, would you leave a hundred million dollars like cash laying around in your home? <laughs> like, no, you put that in a bank. You'd make sure you got a receipt. Like, you know, you make sure all that's secure. Like, you need to do the same with this. It's just, and and this is a big mistake. And you know, I found myself doing this even sometimes. People don't log out of their accounts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or people just like keep stuff open. Think about Great. it. If you work in an office and then, you know, you spend your lunch hour or whatever doing some trading and whatnot, you know, which I'm sure millions of people do, you know, yep. or perhaps it is part of your job. You need to secure that stuff. Always log out. Yes. And I actually had my my daughter. This was years back. I was visiting her on the weekends and, you know, she was younger. She was about six years old at the time. And I literally just I was doing some trading. And I went to the bathroom real quick. I came back and she was touching buttons and oh. literally executed some trades. You know what I mean? And, and like, so that was my fault. You know, I should I should have protected my computer, closed my laptop, or took it with me, or you know what I mean. But well, that's all it I, takes. I mean, it it's literally a matter literally. of seconds. Is all it takes for something to go wrong. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, <laughs> like people need to understand. It's like. There's, there's something about making money so fast 
that people just always believe, oh, I'll make more or yeah, yeah, it's, it's so easy, you know, yeah. and they don't really see like the totality of the situation. The totality is you've been blessed with something. All right. And just like anything, you need to protect it. So it's like I feel really bad for this guy, dude. I'm not going to say it's his fault. I'm not going to say like whatever. But no, I look at it as time, a cautionary tale that other people can learn from, you know, so definitely. I truly believe that everything happens for a reason. Maybe this guy's story is that this will prevent hundreds and thousands, perhaps millions of people from making the same mistake down the road. I hope so, because, uh, yeah, I know I'm not going to keep no $60 million on one hard drive. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Mr. Howell, I wish you well, and I feel like I should give you a God hug. Bless you, buddy. Yeah, like, just have a virtual hug on me, you know? Like, yeah, I feel so man, horrible I just... for this guy. Like it I lose drinks on me, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I lose a twenty, and I'm like pissed off at myself for like a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's... dude, a hundred million dollars or sixty. I mean, that's a lot of money, dude. That you know, I mean, that's a lot of money. And it's not like the guy, like you know, it's not like he's gonna be poor for the rest of his life or anything. It's not like uh, you know, I didn't lose his house or something. You know, it's but this was earned money. To be fair, like yeah. he earned it. He got in on yeah. this stuff in the inception stages and stuck with it and you know and he was handsomely rewarded as he should have been but a simple mistake of i know i have thumb drives all around and i'm now going to appreciate them a whole lot more i'm going to start labeling them perhaps with the little make some little you know labels for them so i know because i have i've definitely like had old thumb drives where i'm like oh i don't need this anymore and I've tossed them, and now I'm thinking, you know what? From now on, before I discard anything, I'm going to check it to make sure I know what's on it so I'm not discarding something. Because even, like, for me, for my job, like, I have tons of files because I deal in audio on a daily basis, and I have, you know, terabytes worth of audio information that I have to store. So rather than gunk up my computer, I try to put back everything up on thumb drives, and I know that I've not done the best job of labeling those drives. And after this, yeah. I, I literally was planning this weekend on like going to like Office Depot or something and just getting like a like not necessarily a label maker, but some kind of those little sticky notes, whatever it is, something that'll fit sure. on a thumb drive where I can mark it and note, you know, make notations so I can keep that stuff a little more organized. Yeah. And, and hey, it's a cautionary, cautionary tale for us all. And even the coin gorilla here has lost some ether and Bitcoin for one reason or another. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like. Just to tell you, just like you said, I've gotten, you know, seeds mixed up. I have multiple different wallets and I've gotten seeds mixed up to where I couldn't access a couple of my accounts and I have lost some crypto in the past and it's it's happened to us all. So I, I just have to tell people, organize, you know, like organize your shit. Make sure like you have, okay, wallet X, you know, write down the first four or five number letters of the address the last four or five write the keys to that down somewhere you know keep it secure just so that when you go ahead and look at your wallet you can confirm this wallet matches these private keys or my my passphrases etc etc so like that's a very good advice just and and i'll be honest when we say keep it on paper you know i don't mean like people do write it down on paper yeah. and i have as well but i mean like Put it on paper. Put it on something to where your your passphrase. Throw it in a safety deposit box. Throw it in your safe. Throw it somewhere to where like it's secure and safe. If anything happens to your your phone, your computer, or whatever, you have that secure there, and your funds are not going to be gone. So yeah, I mean, I know people that are like they they guard their Wi-Fi password like it's you know <laughs> like it's yeah. a bunch of gold. So take that kind of mentality and. If anything should be very, very secured, it should be your money, right? Like that's what we all – Yes. We all can't uh, – it makes the world go around. We can't live without it. So, And I'll throw one thing real quick and, and I'll go on to the next story. But uh, Something more positive is coming up next, we promise. <laughs> yeah, but like it's like the casinos, man. All right? If you think about the casinos, what do you do? You convert your money into these chips. All right. Now, there's there's many functions and reasons for that, but one big reason and function is you don't look at a chip as you do a dollar bill or a $20 bill. If you're looking at your $20 bill, you're going to be a little more skeptical, you're going to you're going to guard that a little more. Chips 
you don't seem or, or we don't seem to connect the two as equaling the same. All right. Yeah. And I feel that some people do the same thing with crypto. Yeah, it's something it's something, you know, you see your amount of crypto or whatever, but I don't think that people equate that with actual yeah, money. They don't put the value that it deserves. You know what I respect mean? that it deserves on it, you know? Yeah. And, and I, but it's like a fault that we all do. It's, it's just the way it, we are. We're, yeah. Like, we treat it like a Chuck E. Cheese token or something, you know? It's, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, man. Okay, cool. So we'll go on. I got a story for us, which I think is really great, man. And I always love companies and, you know, adopting blockchain and things like that. So we're thinking, amen. De Beers, the big diamond company. De Beers, tracks, the diamond company. Tracks its first gems from mine to shop using blockchain. Now, this is an article on Bloomberg.com, and uh, it's by Thomas Beshevuel. Sorry, buddy. I hope I didn't butcher your name. But basically, it's saying Bitcoin technology helps guard against fakes and blood diamonds. A virtual ledger shows transactions while keeping them anonymous, which is huge and big for the diamond industry, right? Because yeah. they're all about you don't know who owns the biggest diamond in the world or this. You know, they, they don't want people to know like who owns what. But then yeah, that is a tangible something you would hold in your hand, literally. So you don't want that information out there. Because no. there, there is a, a lot of stuff that goes on in the world where thievery happens. Yes. There, you know, diamond mines and the secure places where they keep some of the stuff of high value. Yeah. If anyone funny, has funny. access to that information, then yeah. there's, I'm sure there are people out there that are, you know, there are people out there. That's how they make their bones. They they go rob other people. So. Yeah, and, and dude, funny, funny. You said high value because here in the article it says De Beers, which is piloting a scheme using blockchain to create a virtual ledger of diamond sales, said that a hundred high value stones were tracked through the cutting, polishing, manufacturing process to the final retailer. The company plans to roll out the platform later this year. Okay, so. Whatever you might want to say, okay, we all have our feelings about diamonds, De Beers in general, yeah. and you know the history. But this is also protection and a way for them to prove that these are not blood diamonds, okay? Yeah. And blood diamonds, for people that don't know, is people that mine these diamonds in horrible conditions, or that you know these uh, armed groups in these countries go ahead and have mines and they use like slave labor and they'll sell it for like they'll trade them for guns or whatever. Those are called blood diamonds, you know what I mean? Right. So. So to keep that out of the market and to have a ledger to where people can see it, it all goes to transparency. Instead of De Beers releasing information, it's now going to be published as soon as it's done on, on the public blockchain yep. ledgers. People can go ahead and verify and look on their own. They don't have it's to wait. Instant verification. It gives legitimacy to their product, which is amazing, especially because, like you just said, because in an industry where there is corruption – and a lot of really just evil stuff going on. It yeah. shows, and because that's one of the big problems, you know, the the diamond industry, in terms of its PR, is looked upon very uh, in a very negative way by a lot of people because of the blood diamond trade. Right. And De Beers right. has and, and, been accused of things in the past, and this way they can prove to anyone at any moment, like in an instant, actually, where these diamonds are coming from, which is great. Yeah. And final line, the chief executive officer, Bruce Cleaver, said this is a significant breakthrough. So, like, that is huge. And and you have to understand, it's like, this is De Beers, you know? Like, do you know how much money these companies have? Yeah. They have access to all the technologies in the world. They can go ahead, hire a team of 100 developers and be like, I want this done. No, what did they do? They're like, wow, we're going to utilize blockchain technology and do this, okay? So out of all the options they have in the world, they chose blockchain, the Bitcoin you know, blockchain in, in particular. But that alone to me signifies something huge. You know what I mean? It's like they chose blockchain technology to do this process and this tracker project that they have going. So that's great. Oh, kudos to De Beers, man. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's uh, the news we felt was good to share with you guys for this week. Uh, we'll come right back and chat a little bit about what Jeff's got going on. Sounds great. Fact or fiction. 
putting your knowledge to the test. Back now on Cryptocurrency Now with Jeff and Dee, the coin gorilla and the voice chameleon. And Jeff, you've had uh, quite the week. Uh, and I think yeah. it's uh, notable to share the awesome stuff that you're doing with our listeners. Because yes, you don't thanks. just talk about this stuff, you live this stuff. I do, and I'm not the social media type, and you know, I do have followers on Twitter and you know, which is the only platform I'm on. But yeah, I, I just I just want to tell people like all the supporters and everything, like I'm sure people know by now, like I'm the CEO of Digital Currency LLC and we have multiple projects in the works. Our first platform, coingorilla.com, is about to launch soon. So we're launching we were launching a uh, gcoin okay and which is going to be our native token used on multiple platforms etc and we've been branding and, and pushing gcoin for a while went ahead and had some trademark issues so after discussing with our team of lawyers or whatever we're rebranded so for everyone that wants to purchase gcoin or whatever it is now called griffin coin okay i love that name I have to say, I mean, it, things happen for a reason. And at first it was like devastating to me. I was like, no months and we're just about to launch. People are waiting for this and blah, blah, blah. And stress and talking to my team of lawyers and what should we do? Should we fight this? You know, should we go forward? Should we just change the name? And I yeah, thought when I viable. got your email telling me what was going on and I was like, my heart broke for you. Cause I'm like, I know what yeah. you've been putting into this, you know, and then they come up and you know, that's quite the roadblock. Especially when you're like right on the verge of launching this thing. And it was the whole Edison thing. You know what I mean? Like uh, I went ahead, did the, did the branding, did everything, set the coin up. Someone went ahead and trademarked it. You know what I mean? So kudos to them. I just have to say. And But that's great. Things happen for a reason. I just want to let everyone know Griffin Coin has the same everything, the same token circulating supply, the same total supply. It's going to have the same functions. And yeah, as, as people know, I've been on the road. I've been traveling. Uh, I've been to many conferences, been having meetings with many different companies, investment firms, and things like that. And currently, I'm on location somewhere, but I have some huge things going on. And I just have to tell you the response and the way these companies are accepting what we're doing and interested, this is going to be huge. People need to understand that there's there's many tokens, many coins out there that, you know, they come out with a great idea or one idea or and it never takes off or it's something that, you know, three, four months down the road, it's already an old idea or it's not a viable option or not, you know, something. I just want to tell people that, like, I've been in this for years. I've been buying blockchain domain names for over six, seven years. Like we own BitcoinPR.com, BitcoinPA, EtherHub.com. We, we own so many different dom- – over 120 different domain names. So we have many platforms coming up. People need to understand that you know, it's real easy to get an investment. Like let's say uh, – let's start an ICO. Let's get $30 million and then hire the most brilliant devs and stuff, right? Yeah. It's a whole other thing to go in it with your own funds, your own crypto gains – Hire devs out of your own pocket, get a platform going, and then try to get investment. So, like, I'm kind of like proof of work. We let, let's call it proof of work. I like that. I want to go. You, you know what I mean? My proof is in the work. My proof is in look. I got these platforms. This isn't an idea I came up overnight. It's not a web web page I didn't. Let's say let's make an ICO. Let's create a coin. I went ahead and created the platform first. I went ahead and started registering companies and domain names for years. I've been, and you know. Yeah, it's $100 here, it's $200 here, it's, it's whatever, whatever, whatever. But I always figured if blockchain takes off and one of my domains hit, it's all worth it. So like people need to understand it's like it's something crazy to me where people look at blockchain and a lot of people are starting ICOs and they don't even know what blockchain technology is. They're just on this new hype of let's create a coin, let's get some investments, let's work off the name of blockchain, and they don't even know what they're doing. And I'll tell you what, they hire these advisors, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say every advisor is not smart or doesn't support them or doesn't back them up, but what do they do? They like go ahead and they'll spend – like for me, if I had like $500,000, like let, let's just throw a number out there, right? Mm-hmm. I would launch my first product get that working, do slight marketing, and then get investment and build off of that. 
if I had $500,000, I wouldn't go ahead and spend that money on pure marketing, on YouTube ads, Twitter, ads, whatever ads you're doing. I wouldn't build a website. I wouldn't hire advisors. You know what I mean? That's like after the fact. Right. Yeah. Like a lot of people do it backwards. So like, yeah, it's like I didn't launch an ICO and got going and got investment. I did it the opposite. I went ahead and, and launched it just started to launch a product and do it and you did it's it like grassroots with your own blood sweat tears and funded it like yes you put a lot of you basically put yourself your livelihood for you and your family on the line so i i can't stress that enough for people because that shows to me that you're not cutting corners and you're not playing favorites you are doing this in the most honorable and legitimate way and so I think that it will pay off. Thank you. And I just want to tell people there are some advantages to doing it my way. Okay. Yeah. I may not have, I may have like sleepless nights. I may be like cringing hours dealing with devs and doing all this. But at the end of the day, I own a hundred percent of my company. I have no investors. Okay. Right. So right now I can pick and choose who I want to invest, what percentages I can give them, what it's worth, et cetera, et cetera. So that to me is my trump card. Thanks again, everybody. And we'll catch up with you guys again real soon. Of course, you can follow Jeff on Twitter at CoinGorilla1. And of course, you can follow me at DAlvis. And you can follow the podcast itself. And just, you know, stay in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts, feelings, whatever. We're at now underscore crypto and also the new Instagram page, which, by the way, has been booming. That's at crypto underscore currency underscore now. So thanks again. Keep in touch with us through social media. And we will talk to you again next week on Cryptocurrency Now. Next week, people. Thank you. Have a great one. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Follow us and comment on Twitter at CoinGorilla1. Register now at CoinGorilla.com and tune in next week for another episode of Cryptocurrency Now.